Well, hello, Mark. Hello, Matt. <laughs> How was your week, man? Oh, it's been it's been good. I mean, it's been good. <laughs> it's been hard to get work done with this weather. <laughs> oh my god! I I feel like I have to give the uh, the the typical announcement of it's you know it's May. It's going to be June soon in Montreal. And if you're not from here, you know, public service announcement. The winter sucks so bad in Montreal, and then when the springtime comes, the city just explodes. Everybody's ready to get outside. Like, oh, oh man. No, it's like it's like mating season. Like <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect description. Yeah. Like everyone is, yeah, ready to party and let's let's go mm-hmm. out of their caves or Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, we've had amazing weather this week. Like yeah. sunny and warm and Mm. So yeah, it's been it's been hard, and I'm moving. So like I'm, you right. know, I'm packing and uh, doing errands. Like lots mm. of we did start moving some stuff to the new place. Oh yeah, oh, right, yeah, because you got the place. You have an overlap. Yeah, so we borrowed a car and started moving a few things that are going to be awkward to, for the movers to move. Yeah, uh, but uh, but yeah, so I <laughs> I've, I've been slacking off a little bit more, <laughs> but that's that's. That's the whole point of being an indie hacker, right? <laughs> That's why we're independent. We choose when and how exactly. we work. I didn't have to like take vacation time and mm. it's like, no, it's nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna slack off this week. Exactly. But, uh, yeah. but no, I did get some work done. Uh, Audience Ops uh, has sent me a whole new list of new articles. Okay. Yeah. So they they usually do it like in batches of eight. So they come up like these are the eight articles suggestions we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we dis- discuss them, like which ones, which ones I like, which one I don't like. Okay. Uh, so now they sent the, the next eight. Uh, okay. And I mean, I just like them all. I was like, it's perfect. Yeah. Go, go with it. Okay. <laughs> which, which is, which is great, right? Like, it's like, that's all a bunch, a bunch of whole research and thinking that I don't have to do. Absolutely. Um, so since they sent you the topics and you like them, I guess you're going to continue to pay for this experiment. You're going to keep going with it. Yeah, like yeah, I was I wasn't sure if I was going to because it mm-hmm. is you know it is a lot of money. So yeah. I always have to ask myself like if I took that money and you know spent it on ads right mm-hmm. or, or you know spent it on a, a designer that could design clonables for me or something like mm-hmm. would I have a bigger return on investment? So I wasn't sure because SEO takes so long to like yeah. to kick in but now it is starting to kick in like, great yeah so i am okay. s- starting to see a lot more traffic that's landing on those pages beautiful so it's like, all right let's 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 at least do it for well i mean i already paid for another quarter but okay. now it's like yeah let's let's go okay awesome that's great yeah otherwise you know i've been working on the importer that's moving along fine mm-hmm yeah. And uh yeah, last week I, I got a lot of feedback from from listeners about um uh, about our talk about uh, the unfair advantage of sure, yeah. buying a SaaS. Yeah, like it seems to have resonated with a lot of people. Interesting. So, so people are saying, Yeah, it's true. Like we don't you know, we don't think of unfair advantage. Like right, every everyone else is is doing real estate, right? So mm. we think, Well yeah, that's that's what I should do. Mm. But uh but no, when you have an unfair advantage, like you should really bet on that. Like yeah. it, 
gives you opportunities that no one else has. So it means you have less competition also. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we can find somebody to bring onto the show that has done this kind of acquisition strategically to, been like, to be like, oh yeah, like, well, I mean, I guess this is like Rob Walling's example of like, oh, Hittail was there and I bought it. Right, because uh, I thought I could juice it up, but like you know, it, it, not that it's not a modern example, but finding a, a more modern example or somebody who's done it very recently and kind of talked through their decision to do it and how they chose and how they levered that unfair advantage—that'd be a really cool conversation. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I see a lot of parallels with real estate investing, mm-hmm. right? Like you have you have people buy rental properties and they just rent them, or you have people that buy they buy a unit they. They renovate it and then they flip it. Mm-hmm. And all these things can be done with like SaaS businesses, right? Yeah. And we have an extra one where we're also able to like build a new construction. Yeah. Right? Like you buy an empty lot, you build you build a building on it and then you sell it. Mm-hmm. That not many people can do that. But we have that that skill. We can build something from scratch. Very true. So yeah, they were all it was all interesting and interesting feedback and conversations. It's Sweet. great. This this is why I, I like doing the podcast is yeah is when people reach out and we can chat about stuff like this. Totally. No, I, I'm such a cool topic. Like highly relevant for anybody who's thinking about trying to get something going or get something started. It's like this is a real avenue that that we I don't know like we it, especially through something like micro acquire as an example. Like now we're starting to get distribution for people who want to sell businesses. You yeah. don't necessarily have to go through the black box of a brokerage. It's like all this stuff is conducted out in the open. No, exactly. That's it. Yeah, I had another idea while while thinking about this. Like I, I was thinking, you know, in lots of industries there are agents. So, mm-hmm. so like uh, in Hollywood, like you know, stars they have agents. Like yeah, right. They don't they don't go out there and try to look for scripts or roles that they can play. Mm-hmm. Um, they have their agent do all that and. Mostly because they're artists and they suck at business, right? <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking, hey, who else is good at their craft and suck at business? <laughs> Indie hackers. Me. <laughs> right. So, what? Like, why isn't there an equivalent for indie hackers? Or, or if there was, what would it look like? Mm. You're an indie hacker. You, you, you know how to build. You know how to build stuff. Mm-hmm. But you would need like an agent that would, I don't know, find you uh, private equity firms that, that, or would talk to private equity firms and would find out what kind of business they would like to invest in mm-hmm. and then find an indie hacker to build it. Or maybe they would go out and try to find you uh, a non-technical co-founder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like if you could, if there was a way of knowing that people were committed because that's always the trick, right? Like, oh, like I did it with F bars. <laughs> like, you start something and you're like, oh, I'm excited about this. It's working, blah blah. blah. And then you're like, oh, I'm losing momentum. I don't like it anymore. I'm gone. <laughs> but I mean, if you had a network of very connected people, and or yeah, sorry, if you had a network of very committed people, and you could form connections and get these kind of dealings happening, yeah, man, very potentially. Or maybe the agent is is more like an advisor, like they. They vet your idea or tell you how, how you should, how you should proceed with what should be in the MVP. Hmm. Maybe that's what the equivalent of an agent for indie hackers would be. Hmm. Right. Like for Hollywood stars, like the agent like looks out for roles for their, for their talent. Yeah. They, they, they help with negotiation. Yeah. They, um, they, they book 
promotion, like on talk shows and all that. Yeah, you would have like, well, I guess you do you have a, is that what a publicist is for? Because, sorry, I should I should take a step back. Like, because your agent typically, like if you go with like CAA or something like that, um, you they're going to help you with negotiating and helping you understand your, your value. But it wouldn't surprise me if they were also full service in that like they had a brand management or um, t- like talent management, or not like, talent management, but like publicists, that kind of thing. It's like, how do I get booked on shows? How do I stay in the zeitgeist? How yeah, do exactly. I... How do I get opportunities and like that to make sure that I'm staying front and center? Or what do I do with my money also? Like, how, Oh, yeah. Man, the, the celebrity man- industry. Exactly. Crazy, how do I man. manage my money? Mm. Absolutely. Oh, man. So, yeah. Those are, that, that's, that's how I've been spending money. <laughs> Just having conversations and mm. spending time in the sun. Yeah. Oh, man. What a life. I love it. Incredible. <laughs> how about yourself? Yeah. So... Um, I mean, I think the number one thing, aside from the weather, that's been great, having me feeling good, is I'm back at the gym. Thank God I'm back at the gym. Nice. Um, I've just been procrastinating because it's like, I don't know, you do those high-intensity workouts and you come out of it and you're like, that was really hard. That, that really sucked. That was really hard. <laughs> and it's like, now I – and so, the you know, knowing that that's your destiny, you're like, okay, now let me book a session at that – really to do that really hard thing. Um, but I'm getting back into the – habit of moving my body and it feels good and I feel good and especially with the weather. So, um, I've been back on a regular cadence, which is lovely. Um, I made a tweet the other day or uh, yesterday, I guess. And, uh, but I was just revisiting my finances. So with the move and with the freelancing I've been doing, um, I took a step back to look at my financials and kind of take a, a bigger picture of, okay, how am I doing? How's my burn? How's my runway? All that kind of thing. And before I left my full-time job, I had been using YNAB, uh, You Need a Budget, for my personal finances for eight months, I think. And what a godsend, man. Like, (laughs) I mean, it sounds, it kind of sounds obvious (laughs) from the outside to be like, you should probably track your finances to like understand where the money is going. But I had never had a budget in my whole life. I I never needed it. Um, I always lived very frugally. I lived within my means and I made enough money to cover my cost of living. Um, and then I luckily was working in tech. So I was like making all this money right. and I was like, we like, we'll drink, <laughs> we'll drink imports. We'll, I don't know. Like, so, um, but you know, as soon as I started to think about going independent, um, realizing, okay, what is a, what is a regular budget for me? And then what does, what is austerity? And like, how does it change over time? And like, what does it mean to like figure out what you want to save for? So I really built and stuck to a YNAB and really committed to the process of budgeting. And then uh, as soon as I started my business, I seeded my, I gave myself a loan. I seeded my my business and then was like, all right, well, how's my burn? So, you know, I track, just tracking all my subscriptions, tracking everything I pay for, different fees, like upcoming fees. Oh, I have an annual credit card. Oh, I need to do my taxes. Oh, I need legal help. I need this. And like, once I had all that tracked, now I have like, so I, you know, a few days ago when I was doing this look back, I could just pop open my wine app. I could pop open my financial planning spreadsheet and be like, this is how much I made. This is how much I'm making. This is my runway. This is this, this is that. And I was just so grateful to think like, oh man, I'm so glad that I did that because now I don't have to, like, if I'm going out and I want to get a coffee, I'm not going to think like, Ooh, can I afford this? Like, Oh, I, I'm working for myself, but I'm not working 40 hours a week. I'm, 
can I afford to do this? And it's just the, that like absence of anxiety of like, of course I can buy this coffee because I'm very in tune with where my money is going and how I'm doing this month. So Jeff, of course, make it a double. <laughs> like, let's go. <laughs> like how, how often do you check it? Um, so I YNAB uh, twice a month. Wait, uh, so yeah. That- so I go through all my transactions. I, yeah. I use YNAB like a verb, but like, yeah, like <laughs> I go through all my transactions, everything uh, twice a month. Uh, and I categorize everything, check all my categories, and see how I'm doing. Okay, so so that includes the the actual bookkeeping, like the actual ins- inserting the information. Yes. Yeah. Okay, and then and then once you've categorized everything, then you get to look at your budget and see. Okay, that's my burn rate. Exactly. Yeah. So like, um, the they, I think the the typical wisdom is like a budget isn't a budget until you followed it for six months. Because like you need to give it, you need to battle test it in order to know like, okay, well I'm saving, I spent $300 a month on groceries, but like, is that just May? Like, what about July? I mean, am I going to do more barbecues? I'm going to spend more. Am I going to spend less? Like, yeah. So really getting a sense for how does your grocery budget change through the year? How does your booze budget change throughout the year? Things like that. Okay. Is there a lot of fluctuation? I see a lot of fluctuation. Yeah. Yeah. I tend to um, groceries tend to fluctuate quite a lot uh, because if you even go away for a weekend, like you just don't need as much food. Um, so yeah, your dining out will go up. Like if you take a right. trip or anything like that, your dining out goes up. I find in the summer, my budget, my grocery budget tends to go down. My booze budget tends to go up because I want to be on terraces. I want to, yeah, like I want to be out with people. Um, groceries have definitely been going up. It's, if you've all had a sneaking suspicion that grocery prices have been going up, your your suspicion is correct. They oh, have yeah. been going up. I've had to increase my my grocery spend over the last six months. Um, I've had to increase it at least ten percent. Okay. Probably probably closer to fifteen. Um, and my eating habits haven't changed. I'm still eating the same fish. I'm still eating the same lettuce. Um, yeah. So it's with just a little bit of work uh, and like some some. Um, correctly placed automation i've got like a really great look outlook on my finances i know my burn rate like if my work stopped tomorrow i could say great i can i've got x months of runway and if i want to flip into austerity then i can i can take that to 20 months or whatever so yeah i really recommend if you're bootstrapping or you're thinking about it like man tracking budgets person your personal budget and just just gives you a little bit more certainty in terms of like, yeah, I, I've got this in the bank or, okay, I'm running a bit low on money. Maybe I need to start thinking about work versus, okay, I really need to get some work. Yeah. Cause when you've got like, I don't know, like say you had like 20 months of runway, there's no reason when you're, uh, if you were to let go of a job or, you know, your work suddenly stopped, you don't have to think like, oh God, I need to find work right now. I only have 20 months of runway or I don't know how much runway I have. Right. It's like, yeah, all of a sudden you're, you can, you can feel a lot more secure. Yeah. I mean, when I f- first quit my job in 2011, I was definitely a lot more religious about tracking my budget. Right. And yeah, it was for that same reason. It's like, okay, I, I told myself I was willing to spend this much of my savings, on, mm-hmm. you know, on myself. Right. So the first thing we did is cut back on everything to like, mm-hmm. to really reduce our monthly expenses. Yep. <laughs> and then it was like, all right. With this much savings, that pays, that buys me like two years of run. Let's go. <laughs> but I have to admit, I've been, I've been slacking off these days now. Like, <laughs> it's more like having a full time job and, it, right. you know, where, 
yeah, we, we live frugally, so we don't really have to look at the budget because yeah. it, we're always spending less than what we make. And, and, and it's funny, like, I think that um, if I had to say, it's not that my budgeting has changed my behavior because I never, like, I don't ball out. Like, even, even when I made a lot of money um, working in working for someone else, like, I, I lived very frugally. Um, so it's not like all of a sudden having a budget changed me. And now I'm like, right. oh, no, we have to buy the... We have to buy the no-name popsicles. We can't buy the we can't buy the brand the brand named popsicles. Are you crazy? Um, it's crazy. Who do you think I am? The king of England? Yeah, <laughs> I've got the crown jewels just like stashed in my closet. <laughs> so you know, it's it's um, but it's just nice from a certainty perspective to be like, oh yeah, like you know that 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 coffee I was going to buy anyway. I can feel extra good about knowing that I've made room for it and. That all of a sudden my spending hasn't gone out of control or there isn't something right. I've missed. And I think too, well, I will say one behavior change that has happened is I'm much better about saving. Like, oh, I really, like when we were in Mexico earlier this year, it felt really good to know that I've been saving all year and I had a budget to take a trip to get out of the uh, the winter. So it's like, right. oh yeah, like what a great, um, it, it almost gives you uh, something to look forward to, to be like, you know, I'm going away because I'm saving for it and I've got yeah, this yeah. budget set aside. Exactly. No, and, and that's the right way to do it. Right? Like, and you have to budget all these one-time expenses, right? Like the oh, yeah. laptop that you use, like mm-hmm. it has to be budgeted, right? That yep. I plan on using this laptop for three years. Mm-hmm. So put money aside every month because in three years you need to replace it. Yep, absolutely. Or I'm going to take one vacation a year. So you got to put that money aside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, I think it uh, just reminds you of why you're doing this. Like, oh, I'm putting money aside because I want to take a trip because I work really hard and I earned it. And and I want to take more trips. And traveling is a part of the flexibility that I want for myself. So right. fuck it, let's go. So yeah, that was, uh, so that it was, yeah, it was just kind of nice to to look back and kind of give myself a pat on the back. Of like, oh yeah, look at the certainty that my budget gives me. This is great. <laughs> um, so on the uh, validation side around assistance, uh, had a couple conversations this week. I had three, um, and well, two and a half. I had two and a half. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> a half conversation. <laughs> a half conversation. A half conversation is like um, I was chatting with my wife because really working uh, in. I've been working in her office and sitting next to her and her co-founder and watching them uh, do a lot of work that I don't know. In my opinion, they shouldn't be doing, or they should be able to delegate. Maybe that's a better way to say it. Like the work has to get done, obviously. But um, it feels like that should be delegatable, no? So um, watching them, a lot of this has been my inspiration for this. If you have a business that's working, you have two very motivated people whose time is is uh, is crunched. And it's like, how can I help them? How can I take things off of their plate? So um, I was chatting with my wife about it. She just kind of gave me a laundry list of things. They're actually going through the onboarding um they're going through the onboarding phase with a company, with one of these um, uh, virtual assistant companies. And the onboarding is very interesting. They are, they're asked like, oh, what is your, oh, what is that thing called? Like the personality tests that you do. Really? Um, oh, I can't, I'm blanking on the name, but the yeah. Myers-Briggs? Like, Myers-Briggs, that's it, Myers-Briggs. Really? It's like, oh yeah, like, cause they're, I, I mean, I don't know how they match. But this must, I mean, maybe it's a shame. I don't know. But I think it's just part of their matching process. Like maybe they have a parameter in their model that's like, oh, we like to match 
this personality trait type with this type or something. I, I don't know. Okay. Or Only they can know if it works. Pseudoscience. But. It makes the customer feel like, wow, this is scientific. And th- that's kind of what I was thinking. It's like, oh, yeah, you should throw that in there and make it sound like they're, yeah, like it's really scientific. Wow. You're really going to find the perfect person for me. Yeah, exactly. I can't wait. Um, so, yeah. So, I had a couple conversations with people. Um, right now, I'm interested mainly in tell me about the experiences that you've had. What went well? What didn't go well? And like, what did you do? Like, did you just try once and give up? Um, you know, what, what's going on here? So um, the first one that I saw or the first conversation that I had was um, this person talked a lot about the resiliency of the assistant. So like, for example, he would say, all right, um, I have a like, say it's my wife's birthday on Friday and I want to get her flowers. I have an idea for a flower shop. I want you to call this flower shop and try to get a dozen roses. And the, the his experience was the assistant would call and maybe they wouldn't get an answer. And then they would call back a few hours later and no answer. And they're like, well, I couldn't get through to the flower shop. So task complete. What? And not, yeah. <laughs> and it's not like, oh, task, like not, it's like can't do. It's like complete. It's like, yeah. that's it. So there's just no resiliency of like, well, did you try another flower shop? Right. Um, did you escalate to me immediately? Because clearly there's a deadline on this task, a really important one that I can't screw up. Right. Um, so it's interesting to kind of see this of, okay, well, there's the decision making in this anecdotal case. The decision making is pretty poor in yeah. terms of the assistant didn't understand the time pressure and didn't get like, okay, we, you know. We need to we need to solve something. We need a solution here. Like we need to get to to a, to an end goal. Yeah, that um, mean, that that sounds really bad. Mm-hmm. Like seriously, I mean, I understand. Like maybe it takes a special person to also think outside the box. Like, mm-hmm. th- listen, I I tried three different flower places. None of them were answering. Uh, but I found a chocolate place. Like, does your mm-hmm. wife like chocolates? Yeah, yeah, like, gr- that, great, right? Great, you know. But that that might take a lot. That that might be rare. That kind of person. It, well, so so the thing that I'm trying to keep in mind here is this is anecdotal. Not all assistants are going to be uh, are going to be like. So I'm kind of I'm trying to come up with a spectrum of what you can expect from a from a given assistant. So like for something like what you're talking about, maybe that's more of an executive executive assistant level. Like they are they're critical thinkers and they're like, okay, you've given me a problem. I'm going to figure out how to solve it. And maybe one step down from that is someone who's like, yeah, you know, like I'm not going to think too hard. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to use my brain, but like, you know, I'm going to, maybe I'll keep calling the flower place back. And, uh, and if I can't get through to them in the next 24 hours, I'm going to call you back because we're running into this deadline versus like, I actually don't care about your task really at all. I'm going to execute it as it's written and, the result you get is the result you get. And maybe that's one step down. I, I don't know. I, I need to learn more about this. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm, I do want to be careful of the anecdotes that you hear from people because tons of people have tons of horror stories. And who knows who knows what it takes to get onto these platforms. Because if you onboard, because in his example, he had used some other um, assist, virtual assistant service that matched him with someone and that's, you know, he got who he got. Um so it's interesting to take this anecdotal evidence and at least for me, it's like, okay, well, 
we look at this problem. So it's interesting to take this problem and break it into inputs and outputs. And then even potentially knock on effects of like, okay, well, right away, we see there's a time deadline. Okay, so that that does something to the outcome of this task. That it means there needs to be a follow-up. It means uh, it means that like, I, I don't know, like you need to you either need to follow up with the person who gave you this task or you need a you need a plan B. Right. Um and like trying to take some of these things and saying like, is this a substitutable task or not? Like, are flowers from here the same as flowers from here? Um, how much leeway do you have in checking out other things, uh, other opportunities for to acquire flowers? I should say, um, yeah. So it's it's interesting to hear some of these problems and like, okay, this is how I would break it down uh, because like in my mind, the way I see this problem is this is an input problem. Sure, this person could have been like, well, you know, I called and they didn't answer me, so it's done. But it's like, no, how do we, um, how do we, like, all right, well, you know, it's on this day, so we need a plan B or you need to follow up. Try this many times on this day by this day and come back. And it's like if we broke down the inputs a little more critically, then it becomes much easier for someone who isn't at an executive assistant level to to handle so I've been trying to break this down a little bit into like, even if you had example EAs that are like, you know, I'm thinking like, oh, well, what happens if you just had the, the idea of calling a place is a task. And it's like, what do you say? How do you talk to that person on the phone? I would like a dozen roses. And it's like, I don't know. Do you have a queue of work of phone calls that get made? And you have people who are really good at just making phone calls. They're capable of calling and asking for something and there's no negotiation. There's no nothing. It's literally like, I call you and I ask for a thing. And if I can get that thing, then great. And if I can't, then abort, <laughs> abort task. But like, I, yeah, I'm starting to break. I'm starting to like take some of these anecdotal things and think about wrapping them in a process or something. I'm still very much considering becoming a, well, I'm not, I haven't been soliciting people, but I'm with everyone I talk to, I'm like, oh, Hey, I'm actually interested in being an assistant. Do you, do you want to hire me? Like I'm, I'll just be your assistant for a while. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to kind of take some of these problems and think like, how can I break this down into subs- into subsequent tasks? And I don't know, is there an opportunity for automation there? Is it advertisable? Is it generalizable? Is it too general? I'm kind of rambling, rambling a little bit, but it's interesting I mean, to like take some of yeah. these and think about the core. Yeah, I agree. Like it's really, it's a really interesting problem to solve, like trying to find a way to automate it, to break it down into tasks. Uh, but you might be jumping ahead of yourself, right? Oh like, yeah, totally, totally, totally. When when you asked them if they'll hire you, what, what have they been saying? Oh, I I haven't uh, I haven't asked yet because I want to make sure that like I have time to help them. So I've been working so much for my other clients that I'm like, okay, you know, I need to make sure that I set expectations with everybody that I can like. If I say I can do ten hours a week, I need to be able to deliver on that. I don't want to deliver a subpar service. I don't want to make sure I have mental space to be able to like. Right help these people because yeah because that would be the that's the answer mm-hmm. yeah because of the people that i've spoken to um everyone has tried to hire someone so it's funny like the anecdotes that i have are like i hired somebody and it was terrible and then like <laughs> i tried again and it was terrible again and it's like all right i can't i can't do it or i'm not going to do this again um and i don't have a good sense of what they were expecting because it's, it's very, expectation is very interesting. Because it's like, if you're expecting to hire yourself, like maybe your expectations are too high. Right. Yeah. 
Um, those those are the really interesting questions. Like th- that's like that's the mom test right there. Mm-hmm. Right, You're, like they've actually tried it. They've actually tried to do it before. So they're not they're not going to lie to you about mm-hmm. what they're looking for. It's like no, like they tried. Why didn't they work? What were you expecting? Yeah. I haven't been asking, what were you expecting? That's kind of a meta question I've been asking myself during the um, the cool down or like the, the post phase when I go after, when I uh, go over the notes that I took. The okay. question I, I keep asking is, what were you expecting? I need to start asking that up front. Yeah. But, it's, but it's, I mean, that, that could be like your, your very niche down target audience at first is the people who have tried and failed. Mm-hmm. And then you, you address the objections that they have. Mm. They, you know, they failed for X, Y, and Z. And then you say, well, this is why we, we, we solve X, Y, Z. Yeah. And that's, that's really what I'm, so in a roundabout way, I've been gathering data on that of, um, I've been really trying to appeal to the emotions of, you know, what are people feeling? What, tell me about the frustration about trying to onboard an assistant is it like, is it time spent? Is it lack of results? Is it too many questions? Like, tell me more about the experience. And then from there, at least I can, because, well, I mean, <laughs> mostly uh, what I've been seeing is like the tasks weren't done the way that I wanted to, or they didn't get done at all. And it's like, okay, but do you have an explanation? Why? How tolerant were you? What did you, what did you expect? Or what were you expecting? Um, and trying to understand like, okay, well, where did you, where did you take it from there? What happened next? Right. But you asked them for for examples, right? Like you got, yeah. Like was the flowers one a, a real that example? Was, that was a real example, yeah. Okay, yeah. That 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 one amazes me. <laughs> <laughs> that they were just oh done. Yeah. <laughs> the well, result it, it was, was it, to try to get flowers. That was the result, and I did it. I tried to get flowers. Uh, you you are right. I tried. Mission to <laughs> mission accomplished. <laughs> what would you like next? What would you like me to try next? Yeah. <laughs> what will he try next? Uh, so that was really interesting. It was anecdotal, but, you know, we're putting anecdotes together. We're trying to generate some data. Um, other things that, uh, so I was chatting with my wife, the, that's the half interview <laughs> that I was talking about, um, that, you know, she was like, you know, I have a clear idea of the, of what I, of some things that I want an assistant to do. And for her, it's not like, oh, I have one job in mind and this is what the assistant does. It's really like the thing, the term she keeps using is death by a thousand cuts. It's like I have all these little things that take away from my time. So like an example she was using was like, you know, I want to post, say I want to hire somebody. It's like, this is a, it's a complete shit show to hire somebody, by the way. Like, all right, so say I want to use Indeed. So it's like, all right, well, if only the hard part was putting together a, like a job description and putting it on indeed if only that was the hard part because it's like okay no so they want to so it's like your instructions are you need to apply this way you need to email this email address with a cv a sample work and a cover letter okay so i need somebody to screen all of the things that come in because there's a lot of garbage and then like all right well now i need to make sure that the requirements have been met and once they are put them in a spreadsheet and uh, and then the founders will uh will vet them for quality or whatever. And then from there, like, okay, then we'll call them back to schedule an interview. And then maybe we want to off send them an offer. So we're going to, we need to put together an offer package and we need to make sure that they sign it. And it's like all of the labor around doing this is not, is non-trivial. It turns out it's a whole thing. Everything is a whole thing. So 
it's interesting to look at tasks like that, especially for her. And it's like, oh man, I mean, like I can't, you know, I, I was a little uh, overwhelmed because I was like, I can't automate that. But it's like, stop it. That you're not trying to automate that. That's not the point. Like you're just trying to understand the space better. The needs wait, better. Isn't that what a headhunter does? Um, in that case, uh, yeah. So they're going to go out, they're going to find candidates for you. They're going to get you excited, but they're going to tell you about the role, get you excited about it. They're going to schedule with you. They're going to, uh, they're going to help you schedule the interviews and then, but then the offer is made directly to the person. And then once the offer is made, then it's the documents cycle happens between the, between the candidate and the company. In my experience, that's what it's been. Okay. So interesting. Yeah. So there's like, there's like an administration aspect to, uh, I hadn't really considered that tr- before, but that's true. Right. And why hasn't she considered hiring a headhunter? It's a good question. I don't know. Get her on the show now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we have questions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's, it's interesting, right? Because in, in a lot of these cases, yeah, she sees it like a thousand paper cuts, mm. but- like it, it, there's already someone that has tried to solve all those, mm-hmm. or maybe 500 of those paper cuts. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's what a headhunter does. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good point of like, I'm, I have this specific problem. I feel like I can't solve it. How can I solve? How can I get this solved? Oh, the only way I can solve it is, is, uh, if I have somebody who understands my process and the way that I work rather than delegating it to a third party, or maybe they've looked and, uh, these third parties are very expensive. Okay. So that... I, I don't know. This, this is a good question. This is a good question. Because I guess this is the thing. Like, when I think about a lot of... Uh, you know, I, I'm jumping ahead to potential solutions and things like that. Part of me is like, well, you know, maybe an assistant does this job. Like, a great example is um, hiring an assistant and being like, I want to have a podcast. I want to have a podcast and I want you to do the editing. And it's like, why? Like, why do you want <laughs> Why do you want the assistant to to do the editing. Like, shouldn't you be using a service or shouldn't the right. assistant delegate to another service? I don't understand. But like, cause like, do you just want to do it? Cause it's cheaper and like the quality is going to be worse. Like wh- what do you really want here? What's, what's the outcome? Yeah. Well, that's it. I, I, I'm starting to, to see a pattern here. You're, you're like a, more of like a, a coach, like a, mm. a delegating coach. Like they come to you and they say, Oh yeah, I want, I want, to hire a VA to do all these things. Hmm. And then you're there, well, actually, this is what I propose. Get a headhunter to do that job. Get a podcast editor to do this job. Hmm. And and I'll get them for you. Like, I'll find them for yeah. you. Yeah. And it's like, and through asking them questions, like you you get to probe and help them figure out what the, what it is that they want to delegate. Yeah, I guess that, yeah, I guess that's kind of how I've been seeing this. Like, there's all these great productized services that exist. And... If they feel underutilized because they're not concierge enough. Right. Of like, yeah, a founder just wants to, they want to just pull the trigger, decide that something is worth it, and then have it be done. But they can't manage that because they don't have time. Or they they don't want to give themselves more things to do. So it's like, let's use some of these productized service, services. Yep. I'm trying to find other examples where there's a, like this coaching role exists. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's say dating, right? You can get... You can get a, a dating coach, right? Yeah, totally. They'll help. You know, so basically you've 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 been doing the online dating thing or and it's just not working out and then you're like, Oh my god, I just need someone to help me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then you reach out to a coach and then maybe they tell you, Well, 
yeah, your online profile sucks and this is how you should revamp it. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what, maybe you should try a speed dating event instead. Right. Like they, you know that you need help, but you don't know what help you need. Yeah. And they, that's what the coach does. The coach like, proposes mm-hmm. different solutions. and You need help, but you don't know the help that you need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it's like you sort of think you need a VA. Like, I, I need a VA. Well, it's like, oh, I but, need help, and and there's these there's a service over there that that provides help. So right, exactly. But like in your case, your service might be more of a I I need help, and Matt will will figure out how mm-hmm. to solve this problem. Right. Because maybe they don't even know that there's such a thing as a podcast editor. Like, mm-hmm. That there's productized services out there that do that. Yeah. They just. They, this is so interesting because, like, I mean, I need to start using better examples of or more concrete examples of like people are like, well, I want to start a podcast, but I don't know where to go. I don't even know how to begin. So I'm going to hire a VA. But it's like, did you try Googling start a podcast? Like, (laughs) but like for more concrete things, I mean, like this example of like, I'd like to send my wife flowers for Friday. Like that's a, that, that seems pretty VAable. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but I don't have enough data to really know like what kinds of things are people expecting a, a VA to be able to take. Yeah, I don't have nearly enough data because it's true. Like, I mean, with this, like hiring a role, for example, like you kind of jumped, it's almost like jumping a, um, jumping a step of like, okay, I'm just going to try to get a VA, but it's like, oh, okay. Are there services out there that'll do this for you? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's almost your role is to challenge, to challenge them. Like yeah. they come to you. Okay. I find me a VA to do this. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, <laughs> maybe you should get this instead mm-hmm. and, a, and a VA to do the, the 20% that other person doesn't do. Exactly. Yeah. This is so interesting. Cause yeah, I, I think a big, at least where I'm at right now is the more people I talk to. Yeah. One of the big questions I have now is, okay, well, why didn't you Google that in the first place? There's productized services to do that, like podcast editing. Um, was it not a burning problem that you didn't Google it or like what, how was your solution to this problem? Oh, I need a VA. It's like, yeah, I, f- I find that very interesting. I need to get to the bottom of that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there are people that they don't Google it because they, they know they don't have the time to do it. Mm-hmm. But it's like, even if I Googled it and, I've, and I spent hours researching what it takes to start a podcast, mm-hmm. like that's, it's still not going to help. Like That's just a whole bunch of other stuff I have to do. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. And, and they're willing to just pay someone to take care of it. Yeah. And, and that's exactly the... Um, that's the segment that I had in mind is you have people whose businesses are working and they're really busy. And it's like, I, I want to do these things like start a podcast, but I, it's just giving me more things to do. Yeah. So if you can concierge it, then great. And did you, did you talk about all three conversations yet? Like, oh no. So the, no. the, the last one is, is uh, I mean, it's not that it's not super interesting, but it's the anecdotes of like, Oh, I randomly found a person and they were amazing. Or it was like, oh, really? oh like a, a somebody in my network was uh, was like a new mom who wanted to return to the workforce part time, uh, and I paid her for some hours, and she was really great, and we've been working together for years, and it's just like, okay, awesome. Um, can you elaborate? Like, what's working? Like, how, what do you what do you mean you've been working together well? Like, help help me understand that. And they're just like, oh, I don't know. Like, I give her tasks and she does them, and I like the output. And it's like, okay. Uh, <laughs> How do I dig deeper on this? Well, I mean, there's the whole decision of what what convinced them to hire them. Mm-hmm. Like, 
because they were recommended by someone else? Yeah, the the few conversations I've had have been like, oh, they were like in my network. Okay. I I, yeah, I didn't get a chance to probe on that. All right, so that's a that's another excellent question because I wasn't really sure. Like, how do you get? I mean, the success stories are are good, I, I, but I didn't see much opportunity to learn from them. No, but it is it is uh, insight into one of their marketing channels, which will be word of mouth. Mm-hmm. The fact that people will say, "Oh yeah, I w- I work with Matt, and it's it's amazing." Like he he you know. I wanted to start a podcast. I have a podcast now, thanks to Matt, like, mm-hmm. to do this. Matt found me someone. So the question is, how do you describe what Matt is? Is he a coach? Is he a concierge? Mm. Is he a, an executive assistant? So yeah, I've been learning a lot. I think uh, as soon as I start farming myself out as an assistant, uh, I'll learn even more. But yeah, I, I you, you, put, you put this to words the way that I couldn't before, which is, yeah, like in my mind the value is getting the job done. So people don't necessarily care whether it's this service or another service or whether it's me doing it or it's a service. I mean, they care if it costs them an arm and a leg, most likely. Um, but yeah, it's that it's that question of like, I, I'm the get shit done guy. I help you get shit done. And together we'll get shit done. And like, yeah, yeah what, exactly. what is that? Is that, a, is that an operator? Is it a... Um, is it a concierge? Like, what is it? Describe what that is in a way that people can understand it. Yeah, I mean, those are things you could test with uh, with some ads. Try those different definitions and see, hmm. or talking to people. But um, I mean, so far, it's it sounds like something I haven't seen. Up, it sounds like a value proposition. Hmm. It's like no, it's more than a VA. It's more than outsourcing. It's it's more than going on Fiverr or Upwork. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's like high level. It's like get it off my plate now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Take this. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's I've, yeah. I, I uh, I've just been so zeroed in on that emotion, the emotion of just for the love of God, take this. <laughs> I don't want to. Please, just take this. And like, I just want to zero in on that emotion being had by you know people who are running businesses that are working. Cool. All right. I need, Okay. So the takeaways from this are I need to go back and take a look at the questions that I've been asking and formulate them a little bit differently. There's uh, I need to tie, I need to tighten up and ask more questions about the success cases because they do exist as well. I get peppered with that every now and then of people like, oh, I found my cousin and my cousin's great. Um, and I've actually had a few people uh, message me to be like, oh, if you're looking for a, an assistant, like my sister is a uh, is, is coming back part-time and is looking for potential assistant work and that kind of thing. Um, so it's interesting to like, look at some of this and, and see like, Oh, what, what, what is the, I'm in the, when I'm in the flow of information, like what do I get? What do I see? What do I come across? But yeah, so tightening up questions and digging a little bit more into the impetus. Like what was the inciting incident that caused you to say enough? I'm trying, I'm trying an assistant. I'm doing this. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah that's very useful. It would be interesting to start testing some of these descriptors of what what this service is right mm-hmm. is it is it concierge is it a delegating coach is mm-hmm. it i don't know what whatever other things you could coin as the mm-hmm. what what describes this kind of service mm-hmm. maybe start writing a bit of copy get an idea of like what what is this service and then yeah test like put it out there to test it what do you think of this service is this something you might be interested in yeah do you, yeah, does yeah does this intrigue you? Do you understand it? Does it right. speak to you in some way? 
And once, yeah, once you feel like you have more free time, then I would try to try to find some customers. Yeah. Well, the nice thing is the, the, the wonderful people that I've met in some of the slacks I've been in have been uh, really great about giving me some of their time. And I've, part of me hopes that it's because they feel so raw about the experience that they, maybe they just want to rant and talk about how shit their experience was, <laughs> but that's great. Like, well, I mean, I'm sorry, <laughs> but, but, that, but that's great. It was great for me that you have people that feel the, the visceral pain. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, I mean, it, this, this has potential. It is a problem. You're targeting people that are willing to pay to solve these problems. Mm. Really, it's unique enough that it might, you know, if you do content marketing, it might actually intrigue people. Hey, yeah, this is this is a neat idea. I've never heard of this mm. indie hacker concierge. Yeah, yeah, because I I listened to the um, Want to Be Entrepreneur podcast. Uh, Tiago in, in uh, interviewed Lydia. She she bills herself as an indie hacker. Um, assistant VA assistant and it was real interesting to to hear her speak and as she was going through I was like oh man I have so many ideas for content for you like I have a million billion ideas for <laughs> how to because like I, I noticed that the tone the tone that she's setting is kind of like I help you be more productive which is cool but it almost feels a little bit too much like a like a productivity app if that makes sense and I, at least in the discussions that I've been having, it hasn't really been about productivity. It's, it's more painful than that. It's like, I just want, the, I want the work done. It's not that it makes me more, like people aren't searching, like, how do I be more productive? People are like, Jesus Christ, help me now. I need, they're Googling help, not productive, right. which is an interesting take. Um, but yeah, I just had so many ideas for of content for for her to start attacking this problem. I mean, she understands her customers better than I do, obviously. But um, yeah, like just I, I guess like uh, differences in vision, I suppose. I, I don't know where I'm going with this, but just that like yeah, I, I think she has a really interesting approach to the market, and she could take a she could do some real interesting stuff, some real interesting. So yeah, um, okay. So in terms of okay, so what's what is so all right. So I know I need to do. I'm gonna go back and check out my questions again. I need to keep interviewing more people um, about about this. But I need to construct an offer. I think really that's what this is. Um, I need to come up with some kind of well. I, so I think copywriting will be a part of the takeaways here. How do I figure out what to say that identifies to people what my what my value is, and then constructing some kind of offer to say like, Hey, I could come on and be that person for you and I can do it. I don't know if it's 10 hours a week or if it's per request. I, I don't know what it is. Hours per week sounds, it sounds like a, a thing that people understand at the least. And then yeah, seeing if I can get people to take that offer. Yeah. I'm a little bit wary about extending an offer like that in an interview specifically, um, just because that's something that uh, they talk about in the mom test of like when you interview somebody uh, it's it kind of perverts the the conversation to like make them an offer yeah. uh, of some kind. So I'll have to think about the right way to construct that. Yeah, like what he says is like you want like it, hopefully it will come up during the conversation. Like that person asking you, well, like is this service available yet? Because because mm. I need this, right? And then it's like bring that offline or later. Oh, I, I can send you an email like to with more details like mm -hmm. after after our call yeah but yeah but this call is not about me trying to sell you on this service yeah 
So yeah, I think because now you're kind of restricted with your time, mm. talking to more people is definitely the right thing to do. Mm. Uh, but make I would make sure that you have different questions now. You're, yeah. you're testing new parts of the the idea. Mm. So like now you you've, you're you're finding that yeah people are trying to outsource. Often it doesn't work. People seem to always the, the all the successful stories you told me so far like it's always like someone's cousin, someone's friend, some. Like there's a there's validation. Like this person has been pre pre validated. Yes. Which which kind of shows that it is scary to hire a complete stranger mm. to be a VA. Yeah. Like that is scary. Yeah, I mean it's takes a lot it takes a lot of bravery to you you know you need help when you're plunging your hand into the muck and you're like, well, <laughs> oh, I feel something down there. Maybe it's a maybe it's a diamond, but maybe it's a rock. And you're like, oh, let's try it. <laughs> and like, I love those people. I feel real kinship with people who are so so drowning in work. They just need help. They need relief. They're on fire and they need help. And those are exactly the kind of people that I want to work with. Yeah. So. Yeah, I I personally like the concierge idea. I do too. Like when I was shopping for a credit card, I was like looking what credit card has the best cash back. Like, mm-hmm. and some of them, like some of these cards, offer like a concierge service. Mm-hmm. And just the idea that I have a concierge service, like it just stroked my ego. Like, yeah. wow, I love that. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> in the end, I was too cheap, so <laughs> I, I didn't go for any of those cards. <laughs> but yeah, just the just the idea of it. Wow! Like, I had a I had a friend who had a credit card like that once, and I remember we were in New York, and we're all on the subway, and we're like, oh, uh, it'd be nice to. We we knew we, there were some things we wanted to do, and we're all on our phones, like trying to see, like, oh, can we go for dinner here? Can we do that? And my buddy was like, I got this, and he, <laughs> he just like phoned up his credit card concierge and was like, hey, we want to eat at a Michelin star restaurant. We're willing to go for lunch. Find us something in the next two days. And they're like, yeah, no problem. I'll call you back. And they're just like, got it. Made you a lunch reservation on Thursday at this time for three people. If you want to change it, like you can call me back. But otherwise, I just made you the reservation. And they're like, perfect. Yeah. Well, we're exactly. like, man, this is sick. <laughs> I know. There's something about it. Like mm-hmm. the, the idea that you have this person that it's like a superpower. Like, yeah. But yeah, if. If I could have that for my indie business, like where I can say, "Hey, I want to start a podcast," and then you come back and tell me, "All right, here's you know, here's you know, here's some like full service like white glove companies that will do it for you." Mm-hmm. You know, here's a more to do it yourself approach, and, yeah. and then I say, "Yeah, go go with that one." Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just like having a having a rolodex of of people who would do very good work at the thing that they do. It's yeah. just like awesome. Yeah, and. You know, and you will eventually automate some of those things, right? Yeah. Like, like it's not, other people are going to ask you, "Hey, I want to start a podcast. How do I proceed?" Mm-hmm. Like, and you're going to have the formula already. These are your three options, and you already have people that you've worked with before. Exactly. That will do some of the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, at least right now, it's just figuring out. Um, yeah. It, can I make a compelling offer uh, for people? Do they want help? And then taking it and delegating it and or figuring out how to solve their problems for them. Are there services I can use? Do those services exist? If not, are they worth creating? Can you outsource those? Like, yeah, there's a bunch of... Yeah, yeah exactly. It's it eventually like content marketing, podcast management, like those things might be things that you want to take on yourself. Mm-hmm. 
cut out the middleman. Yep. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, oh, we could, we could do this, we could do this, and I'm trying to like breathe and be like, oh, don't even think about that. Like, stop it. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Too premature. Don't try to automate that stuff yet. Or like yeah. before, we were talking about, oh, how can I take a job and cut mm-hmm. it down into small tasks and then yeah. delegate each task? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that that sounds amazing. Like having like this, like your own little mechanical Turk. Yes. Of like these different tasks mm-hmm. that have all easily defined and easily executable, and yeah. then I can just. Do a sequence of them. Yeah. Oh, make three, make dude, three calls. <laughs> I, I had a glass of wine last night, and my mind was on fire with thinking about this. And I was yeah. like, "Oh, what if you just had a service where you drop a message on a queue, and a human being receives that message and makes a phone call to somewhere?" to do something for you. And it's like, oh, yeah. you can have different kinds of phone calls. Like, am I calling to reserve? Am I calling to like schedule something? Am I calling to remind somebody? Like, is there, am I answering questions? Like, I, I'm, it's almost like a call center on wheels or a call center on rails of just like, you receive an API request and someone, a human makes a phone call out to do something. Like, I don't know. I'm just like, I, my mind was going off on stuff like this. And yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's, I love that shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> But do not do it. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> like it's it. Uh, I like to to have these ideas of like mm-hmm. where this can go. Like yeah. you know, but just keep those as options. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's good to know that you know. It's like when I started Power Importer. It's like yeah, I'm niching down on Webflow and Airtable, mm-hmm. but I know that in the future it's it's going to be any no code tool. Like mm-hmm. like there's there's all this optionality like that I can do later. Yes. Yeah, you see how rich the um, how how rich the soil is for like yeah. ooh, I got lots of ideas. <laughs> exactly. Like you look at how Airbnb started, right? It was mm. it was just like one person's flat or you know sleep on my couch kind of thing. Yeah. But they had a vision that yeah, if this if this works, then yeah, then you know step five is this fully automated distributed exactly. system. Exactly. So yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's. A, I've been realizing this week how uncreative I've been feeling, and then like, I don't know. I guess it's just maybe it's the weather. I don't know, but I've just been like full of ideas again, which feels good. And I don't feel like a lump. Like, oh yeah, you know, I can actually, <laughs> I can actually think about new and exciting things and problems and potential solutions. And yeah, yeah. no, exactly. This this like this path has so many different outcomes. Mm. Like, either you become this platform of like delegating stuff through an API mm. or you offered all these productized services or you you just tr- you become an expert at training VAs to do this high level thinking like, I, that was another thing that came up like I don't know it, 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 um, it was a little bit of speculation on people's parts then they're just, when they're like oh I hired a VA and it didn't work uh like why didn't they do the task like I did it and it is right. kind of interesting to ask that question. Like, what is it about the way that I break a, something down versus the way someone else breaks something down? And like, can you create kind of a rubric or decision tree for like how you evaluate all things to be like, oh, actually, the task should be broken down this way, not this way. And like, the expectation of people is to do or like, what is the A plus outcome of, or like, what is the A plus path through this graph? What is the B minus? And like, to try to understand like, how can you make better decisions? and yeah. lead to better outcomes. Even that in and of itself is a very interesting question. But yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's just something I know nothing about. I would have to interview way more VAs in order to even come close to that. 
Cool. Yeah, that's all I have. I mean, this was uh, very productive. So I can I can have some takeaways and I can have more conversations. Awesome. Shall we wrap up? Yep. All right, yep. cool. Sounds good. So uh, show notes are available at startuptosomething.com. If you like the show, please rate and review in your favorite podcast player. It really helps people find the show. Thanks a lot for listening. Let's catch you next week. See ya.